Hello and welcome to Your Ultimate You, the podcast, and I am your host, Jessica Barrett. In today's episode, I have a lovely lady with me sharing her story to demonstrate the realities of what we face as women. We are all unique and spend far too much time worrying about everybody else that we often forget to check in with ourselves. I truly believe I will be able to empower all of you beautiful women who are listening simply by inspiring you and educating you through the power of real women sharing their stories, vulnerabilities, passions and drives. Without further ado, hello Victoria. Hello Jess, thank you for having me. It's so welcome my lovely, it's so great to be here with you today Victoria. Now this incredible woman is outstanding. She has a very, very well-known profession, but has tailored that and created a life that she's worked very hard for and is still continuing to work very hard for. A true inspiration, if you ask me. Welcome, Victoria. I'm so grateful to be with you here today to chat to you about you. So, my lovely, let's give the listeners a picture of who you are. Would you please tell us more about your background? Okay, thank you for such a lovely introduction. Uh, So I studied fashion design. Um, I also, I went to college with my lovely hostess. Uh, We studied art foundation together. And then I went on to study fashion design. I graduated in 2008 and went on to work for um, some very creative designer types as an intern capacity. Uh, Then was a pattern cutter and then sort of fell into being a garment technologist. So my job is to make clothes fit um, and to make sure that they're made safely and they're made to the specification of whatever brand I happen to be working for. Um, I worked for a number of high street suppliers and then also directly with brands. And my last permanent role was at Victoria Beckham. Um, But in the background to all of that was um, a lot of health Um, conditions and uh, that sort of slowly put me into the disabled community so I went freelance three years ago to pursue Unhidden which is my fashion brand for people with disabilities. I also co-founded No Comment Required um, at the end of last year as well as launching Unhidden last year Uh, and I'm also a disability advocate and speaker. Oh my goodness, my lovely. You are an absolute inspiration already from what you've shared with us. Thank you so much. What is it? You're welcome. Thank you. What is it that you faced or caused you to struggle in your life up until the point you made the conscious decision to make the change or changes? Um, Well, the fashion industry, as I'm sure we you can all agree is not known for being kind and I think the hours you know they are long especially um you know sort of the the higher end brands that there's a lot of pressure to get everything perfect and I think that pressure to work those kind of hours is really really difficult when you have chronic illness and disability and it you know generally the world over um we are not used to supporting people with chronic health issues and disabilities. It's actually super common for people to become self-employed because it is the only way to manage your health and work and sort of be a little bit more in charge of things. Um, I mean, it doesn't make it any easier and it certainly makes um, financial success look very, very different. Um, and it has been a struggle the last sort of the last 18 months, much the same as it has been for everybody, of course. Um, but yeah, it was, it just got to a point where I wanted to, I had the idea for Unhidden um, after meeting a hospital patient and had to, I just, the idea didn't let me sleep and I knew there was no way that I could possibly start a company at the same time as working for somebody else. 
because I physically don't have enough energy to do that. And there's not enough hours in the day. I mean, I've, I don't have enough hours in the day now and I'm not working for anybody else. So, um, yeah, it was born out of just wanting to take, a, take back a bit of control. Wow. And what's really inspiring here is you climb to the you know top end of fashion, let's face it, working, as you say, many hours under the sun, no doubt. And it was through challenge, a very challenging experience, maybe a collective experiences that didn't so much push you, but helped you into where you are now. And you are an advocate, as you say, and reaching out to inspire those who sometimes feel they don't have a voice, let alone can feel beautiful because fashion is always portrayed through the media in a certain way for us to all conform to. Do you know what's frankly quite boring? And yeah, let's find beauty in real women, in real people, including, disab uh, sorry, disability, including races, including ethnic minorities, including whatever it is that makes us individual come forward. That's where real fashion needs to be found and beauty as well as just acceptance of who we are. Thank you, Victoria. I really Absolutely. appreciate that. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, disability is actually a mainstream experience. One in five people in the UK have a disability. We're just not represented. So people don't see it until suddenly, you know, quite often they might be plunged into it. Disability touches everyone's life at some point, um, whether it's temporary, whether it's someone they know, whether it's they themselves. So I think, you know, there needs to be an awful lot more change in how we represent disability. And a lot of the narratives around it need to be changed as well, because as you say, like, it's very boring. Otherwise, you know, diversity includes disability and is it's fun it's beautiful it's not a negative like there's dis disabled isn't a bad word and being disabled even though it's you know um portrayed as something awful and to be avoided it's not it's natural it's something that you know has existed as long as humans have exactly it's part of the everyday if you like it and when i say in quotes normal what is normal i don't even believe there is such a yes <laughs> It's a stupid word yeah. that's thrown around too often and so freely and easily. And awareness, and I say awareness needs to come out more. More people need to speak up and find their truth. And again, it can be scary. And it's only when, as you said, Victoria, very quite rightly, it's only when it becomes personal, whether we get touched or whether it's, um, we know someone that comes into contact with disability in whatever context that is for the individual. That's only when the awareness comes. It shouldn't have to be that way. It should just be part of, as we say in invert quotes again, normal life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. And what was it that led you to the event, Victoria, in your life that you realised you needed to make changes or shift a paradigm that you found within yourself? So it came from, I was um, in one of my many hospital stays and um, a fellow patient on the same ward as me, who was also an incredible human. She'd survived ovarian cancer, but, um, you know, as often happens, and something that people don't talk about is that once you've had cancer, you usually become disabled. Um, you don't just recover and have nothing. Um, and she had an awful lot going on with her body. You know, she had no, no bowels left, so she had two stomas in her stomach which is when you know they put that your basically your waste um your intestinal waste that comes out through a, a pouch um through your abdomen wall and she had she was fed sort of um, nutrients and so through a line in her arm but also one in her chest 
Now, the problem with that was she was, um, you know, very, she wasn't able to really sort of access her body um, with anything approaching dignity. And she certainly couldn't dress, you know, how she, I mean, she had an office job. And I think people forget that people with disabilities work. Um, but we you know we don't design clothes from it. Like she, she was either in pain or she was just in, you know, t-shirts and jogging bottoms, which doesn't make anybody, you know, like if that's all you're able to wear, it's very difficult to feel included and to feel good about yourself. You know, how we present ourselves to the world is our social identity. And when you deny people the ability to dress for their own bodies, I think, you know, has quite a knock on, has quite a knock on effect for every other aspect of our lives. So, you know, sort of talking to her about what she wanted and what she needed. I, I mean, I was just a short, like I was completely certain that somebody would already be doing it. As soon as she mentioned it and I started looking at it, I thought this is so obvious. I could have done with adaptive clothing, you know, after surgeries when pressure on my abdomen was excruciating, you know, it, it, it means that I struggle a lot with genes. Um, so yeah, I just, and what I found about this is in 2016, what I found then was not very inspiring. Um, there was not very much aimed at younger people. Uh, this is changing now, which is fantastic. I always have to sort of say that as a caveat because I speak to a lot of the other adaptive designers who were all incredible in their own right. Um, but for me, I, th I just found that there was, you know, no one was talking about, they weren't talking about it from a sustainable point of view either. And anything that there was, it was always on a sort of, it looked a bit medical, it looked a bit made for the elderly. The models were always sort of elderly rather than younger people with disabilities. So yeah, it was like a light bulb moment for me. And I just, I couldn't, you know, going back into the office and working for other people and working on high fashion, you know, it's, it just, for me, it no longer sat right doing, doing something that wasn't going to help other people. And it was essentially, it handed me my purpose, um, which is why I'm able, I think, to even put the level of passion into it now that I do, because this is something that I, you know, I believe needs to be normalised and mainstream, but also just gives me, you know, I'm using everything that I learned over a sort of a 10, well, now 14 year career, but using it for something good. Absolutely. And the fact you've aligned yourself with your core passion and you can, you can hear it through your voice. Um, it's incredible. Um, and, and it will take, very often it is that somebody who or an experience that's, that plants that seed of change, if you like, in your mind. And then, you, as you mentioned a while back, that it, it, it sat with you and it, it just obviously grew subconsciously until now you've taken that and created exactly what it is that you dreamt about. And I think that is phenomenal. Thank you. You're welcome. Victoria, yeah, it's, um, it's been Sorry. an interesting ride. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> what is your greatest aha moment or inspiration? I know you've mentioned um, the the lady who was in hospital with you at the same time. Was there another time that, or recently, have you experienced another um, sense on your journey that you'd like to share with us? Uh, I mean, I think there's there's a few, and I feel that they happen sort of thick and fast now. Um, you know, the in the last year, I made a sort of a conscious decision to be an advocate and speak up because I just realized, even though a lot of people know about my health conditions and what goes on, I don't think they even see me in that light. So realizing that actually had quite a, you know, a decent amount of people that were learning from what I was saying when I discussed my own experience, but also then because I 
now speak to such a big array in this incredible community that I have a lot more facts around it so I can I can share that information in a kind of non-judgmental way because you know we don't we're not taught about disability history in school and therefore we're not taught about ableism I mean a lot of people haven't even heard that word and therefore if you don't know that it's a thing then you don't know how you don't know that it's harmful and you don't know that you can stop it so um so I ended up writing a book um to that effect because language and disability I think is still the reason why a lot of a lot of why fashion brands are too scared to to really do meaningful inclusion because they've never targeted this community and there's not really any excuse for why other than you know literally just that they've not seen it as something that they should cover or include um and I think some of the remaining fear is like they don't want to get it wrong and they don't want it to be tokenistic but somebody somewhere has to start which is obviously why I was like okay well if I if I can't see the thing that I think should exist I will create it um I think even with the name actually how I came up with that was literally like five o'clock in the morning just thinking you know I, I don't want it to be a word that sort of implies disability I want it to, you know I want it to be a kind of a prouder meaning than that and because because the community is still so hidden um, and, you know, we're not represented, so people don't see us. It was about sort of making that an empowering thing. And it was another moment where I just, once I, I there was never any other brand name in contention. It just came to me and it stayed. It's a very powerful brand name indeed. Unhidden is phenomenal. And, you know, go follow Unhidden Victoria Jenkins because she is an inspiration. So... Thank you, Victoria. I think it's fantastic you've created this. You say a lot of the fashion industry, and, and I can only, uh, because this is not an area that I am so, I don't have hundreds of knowledge. I don't have lots of knowledge, but I'm not completely um, oblivious to it either. So fashion industry, there's a lot of fear driven behind a lot of aspects of why disability why for example mental health is not spoken up about why it is not considered normal I hate that word <laughs> um but yeah it, so as much as you keep being the advocate that you are myself creating this platform and other people coming forward that we are on the dawn of change and that tidal wave is coming. It just needs much more of a collaborative effort. More people need to find their confidence to speak up because when we do, can you imagine the world that we'll live in? Absolutely. And Victoria, my lovely, I'd love to know, and I'm sure the listeners would love to know, what do you feel is one of your greatest lessons from life to date? Oof. Um... I mean, I th it's a quote that I think we've all heard a lot, but it's it's one of those, you know, we've survived 100% of our worst days, um, which I think for me, like that's a positive. When I come to that, then I remember how much more I've done, even on those bad days. Um, yeah, I, I had a lot more to say then, and then it's all gone clean flying out of my brain. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah. That's a very, um, very powerful um, phrase. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think... I think and also to what I've really learned especially over the last year and a half is you know that that feeling that we shouldn't take up space or that we shouldn't say the things that we want to say and that we should you know cringe away from sharing is like you just said it's an awful lot more powerful when we share it together and realize that we you know we're not alone and there are other people that feel the same way um or have had the same lived experience I think 
once you know once people get a bit more comfortable with opening up I know it's something very different um and you know in in Britain in particular we're not necessarily always great at doing that but there's an awful lot of power in it and yeah I mean I've I've just had the the most incredible past 18 months and spoken to so many people that I would not have spoken to otherwise and just you know built some lasting friendships based on shared experience um so yeah I think I think sort of losing that fear there's you know not everybody is going to like everything that I do or everything that I say and trying to not let that bother me I think has been one of my biggest lessons because mm-hmm. I am an eternal people pleaser mm-hmm. um usually to my own detriment <laughs> um so yeah I think and it's still something you know and also it you know it's not linear no you know we're all on we all have ups and downs we have good days and bad days and I definitely have days where I feel a bit more fierce and like no I'm going to do exactly what I want to do and this is how it needs to be done or sort of shifting and saying I'll just I'll just do this because it's easier to placate someone than start an argument but I'm you know trying always trying to learn how to sort of see everything from everybody's point of view and then not let somebody else's negative view of me change my own view of me which I think is quite difficult but quite important for us all to try. Absolutely 100% and a phrase I'll share with you and of course the listeners um, it's none of your business what anybody else thinks of you. (laughs) I took that on a board last year and it has really helped me shift in the sense that I, as, as you said, a people pleaser, I worry about everybody else, what they're thinking of me. I haven't got the energy to worry about everybody else, what they're thinking of me, because it's none of my goddamn business. It really isn't. So I'm hoping I can impart that with you. The, the, um, the lesson that you've just shared with us that um, it is so powerful. I've heard it from some, some of the greats recently I've, I've, I've connected with. And it is so, so true that we have survived 100% of our worst days. So if we can do that, just think what we can do tomorrow. And life goes on. You've said it. Good, bad days, up, down, that's life. It's about understanding the, I'm going to say it again, quotes, normal days are fine and okay to be in. And it's when we start appreciating and enjoying the small beauty within that, you're going to appreciate the exceptional, extraordinary days when they come about much more than you would trying to chase for them all the time. Believe me, I was one of them constantly chasing after (laughs) this extraordinary feeling, extraordinary day, whatever it looked like. And then just felt like a normal day would be, um, I'd be depressed. I mean, what, what is that? That's, that's not okay. A normal day is just being content with who you are in the time with what you're doing. It might be enjoying a nice cup of hot coffee because, hey, as a mum, that's a real pleasure. Most of the time it's tepid. So it's all very individual. <laughs> all very individual indeed. <laughs> What's incredible here is Victoria's true story of her origins, her struggles, because let's face it, we all have them. And most importantly, how Victoria took her power back when she discovered herself within herself, within the experiences that she went through in terms of self-worth, personal awareness to make the decisions she needed to change, needed in life. And lastly, Victoria, what do you see or where do you see your journey taking you? goodness you know I don't I don't even know and I don't let that worry me anymore um I'm here for the ride (laughs) I'll see what happens next you know there's obviously I think the thing that I would like the most is financial security I think everything else is just details um so I don't really mind how I get there 
it's all about the journey and not putting too much pressure on things coming out and looking a certain way. I mean, don't get me wrong, I have plans and things that I hope will happen and things that, you know, I go out and make happen because no one's going to hand anything to anybody, um, generally speaking. Although I say that, I've been very blessed with some very incredible people who do help out a lot. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I'm just, I'm just here to see what happens next. Um, I hope but it will mean more awareness. You know, I, I do want to step more into speaking and advocating and reaching sort of more people, not because I think I'm having anything different to say that's not being said by a lot of other people, but I think the more of us doing it, the better, because we all have different people that are around us in our own circles. Um, I want to bring in some colour into Unhidden because I'm aware it's very black and white at the moment. Um, so that is something on the agenda. Um, we're about to have a regular pop-up shop in two locations which given that we're not even a year old is very exciting and very early as part of our plan but you know so I'm just going to see what happens with that you know there's so many people that I hope will come into the shop and then just go away and consider inclusive and adaptive design um, I really hope to see that disability become more co more common and really normalized um, but also especially from you know, the design, beauty, media sort of space, I think they need to bring that in. And that means actually going into schools and this needs to be an educational change as well. Um, you know, it's not going to be normalised if we're asking a lot of people our age to change their habits. We have to start young with kids because kids are an awful lot kinder and they're just curious when they ask about disability and differences, you know, differences in anybody, any kind of demographic. But they're also, once you explain it to them, they're much more understanding. Um, and I think it's the problem is that we quite often will, will pull kids away from it because we don't want to scare them or we don't want them to make the person with a disability uncomfortable. Usually it's actually what's happening is it's the other way around. The person with a disability would rather a child felt free enough to ask them questions than feel that they should never ask questions, which is what generally what happens. So I have quite a lot of hopes, I guess, <laughs> saying that. Um, equality would obviously, that's high up there. But um Overall, yeah, I'm just here to see what happens next and hopefully to create some change in a positive way that will help and benefit um, everybody because it's not just about the disabled um, you know, population. When we make things accessible and inclusive, everybody wins. Exactly, 100%. And as you say, if we start young, um, within the young generation, they grow up without being their norm, then it becomes normalized. And I'm gonna keep using that damn word, aren't I? Um, but it does, <laughs> it becomes part of the everyday rather than trying to teach an older generation um, or our generation, which is absolutely fine because that still needs to happen. If we start young, it needs to be in schools much more spoken about. And as you say, um, for someone, for me, for example, I mean, I don't, it does fall with type one diabetes does fall into um, vulnerability category for sure. Um, I would rather people ask me, which they do much more now because I have a, a tab on my arm. It's a sensor. It's a really easy way and a really cool way of um, telling what my blood sugars are doing. Um, and I remember when I first had it on and like the questions were just crazy and I loved it. So I decided to come up with something radical and, and just said, oh, it's because I'm plugged into the matrix. It was a joke and it was really funny back then, but it's horrific now. Now it's just kind of like, yeah. what is that on your arm? Do you smoke? I'm like, no, 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 it's not a patch. It's, it's an actual sensor. But it's about asking those questions because then even those simple questions, you're not only... Um, 
you're you're uh for the word you're um giving that individual the opportunity to speak their truth and their voice but you're also giving yeah. awareness you're sharing that awareness yeah and also giving people space to learn you know because i used to do that and it's actually someone um, i was on a talk with the other week said that that's that's essentially what's called is disability masking so it's sort of hiding your own conditions and disability to make other people comfortable and I used to do it with all of my scars I used to say I you know I was a stunt double in Kill Bill and there was an incident with a samurai sword or I was a magician's assistant and things went wrong and really that was you know that was me sort of trying to make somebody else feel better about asking about my body but really I should have just said you know well I had an operation and that's it (laughs) it doesn't have to be a dazzling story of why it's there I know we tried to make it it kind of acceptable but who we're the only person that needs to accept it is ourselves it really doesn't matter what anyone else thinks yeah. we share it of course we're going to educate um but embrace exactly what you are who you are because that is that is in essence what makes you beautiful um thank you victoria i really appreciate that i would like to leave the listeners with one final thought victoria i'm going to ask you three quick questions the first okay. one what does empowering women mean to you um, it means cheerleading each other rather than feeling jealous of somebody else's success. I think we should just celebrate everyone's success. Love that. Second question. What three words would you describe yourself as? Oh, goodness me. Um, <laughs> um, creative. Passionate. And I'm, try- I'm torn between tenacious and um, relentless, but one of have those. Both. Have both. <laughs> there we go. I'll have four. Sorry. I <laughs> <laughs> love them. Good. Own them. <laughs> I'd like to take this opportunity to thank Victoria for your time today. You have been outstanding. Thank you so much. And it's been lovely to speak to you. And thank you to all of my sensational listeners. I look forward to having another incredible woman sharing her story with you in the next episode.